You're right. Yeah, good. Noise. Can we all hear each other soundly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oosh. How are you guys doing? Good, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I get sleep more than you, so I'm happy. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, man. It's it's cool though. It's cool. This is like the test. This is me firing on all pistons. Like two kids. I'm not going back to work yet. I'm still on part leave, and then um, doing all the roadrunner shit, calling the US every fucking night. I had my first Australian interview yesterday, which is fun. That's cool. It was cool. It was the guy. I can't find anyone from Car- Carnivore. It was Pete Steele's first band before Typo Negative, and I couldn't find like how. Uh, they got signed to Roadrunner. So I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to find this out. And then I find this dude called Richard Termini who plays synth on their album. He played synth on Sidney Lauper's uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And he made a lot of shots. And he's like, he's like the picture of a life well lived. So I was like, oh. dude, can you just like tell me how that band you played with once got signed? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so we sat and chat shit, uh, chatted shit for an hour. But um, yeah, that was my first 9 a.m interview while he was having his tea fucking hell that's awesome that is so cool it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun hey man how are we going to do this because we said we said kind of no rules didn't we and I'm happy with no rules um, and we sort of determine what's the best what the best one is afterwards yeah pretty much like we your trooper label is way cool trooper's got oh, trooper's got girth mate um It's a special edition label, and I'm pretty sure it's not a, di- a different thing. I'm sure it's the same drink. No, are you sure? One. I, I do love how the trooper lids, like the little caps, they've all got different images on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm Ali. I'm fairly satisfied. Um, by which I mean I can't see anything indicating that this is anything beyond um, what it usually is. Do they have? And it does say special edition label. I think they've done. I think the, the, the Robins, Rob Robinsons have done the other ones. I think they've done moments for like Help the Heroes and stuff like that as well. And you know, yeah. So I don't know. Light I don't Brigade know. is a Help the Heroes one. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one because it's just like it's like a it's on the horseback, isn't it? I've seen the images of it. And that's uh, right, yeah. but then as long as it's. I don't know because it just says it just says premium British beer on the front. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about Trooper. Like I've always been like, fuck, it's so cool. It's like, yeah, it's the I made me beer. That's awesome. And then I try it, and I'm just like, ah. yeah, yeah. And, but, you, like, you know I what? Though? I think it's like I've, I've had many a night on this one. I've I've never tried this one. This one is new to me. One of my favorite bars in London, which is like called Garlic and Shots, right? Um, it's like a fucking super old dive bar and the entire food menu is just garlic and they've got like six oh years they, they like last to the, the, the meeting of like names for bars they were like oh we'll just take the garlic and shots no mate they're all vampire hunters yeah but like it's kind of like vampire style bar it's like a gothic art but like it's probably one of the best bars dive bars we'll ever go to and of course you go to that bar of course you go to that bar <laughs> yeah because the great thing about it is in Sona so it's like right around the corner from GAY so if I want to go to the road through Lager I can fuck off and listen to Britney Spears as well after I've listened to Megadeth like <laughs> but that's great I love this stuff oh, I actually I picked uh, up the Overkill as well though because of the Pilsner nice I'm going to order some of that nice 
I think this meeting will time out because there's three people on it, but I've also got another three-way interview happening, so I'll, let, I'll sort that. Don't worry. Mm. Um, how, so how do I do it? Should we do one, two, one, two? So I, unless one of them, have you guys opened one already? So should we, should we... I've, not, I've not opened any yet. Me. Excellent, perfect. So, so if, if you're just joining us, <laughs> beloved viewer, listener, what the intention of this project is is to uh, is to determine which is the best band branded beer available in the UK, and we're doing that through some sort of tournament setting, which is a thinly veiled excuse to chat shit about booze, basically, for an hour. Um, the issue that we're facing at the minute is due to political strife in the United Kingdom. Um, at the time of recording is supply lines to the main EU supplier have been fucked. So where today we should have been tasting some of the more exotic um, that the market has to offer, we're now just dealing with what Morrison's has. <laughs> so <laughs> we're a little bit shafted, but it's okay. Um, and today's contenders are Trooper. Uh, Maiden's Trooper, brewed by Robinson's, and Motorhead's Road Crew. My experience with Road Crew tends to be on tap. I've never had the bottled one before. Um, I, I became aware of it roughly the same time as Trooper, which I reckon was like 2013. I think that's when it, it started hitting the press. And I remember went, going to download that year and they had this on tap and it was like a big deal. And every time I've been to a maiden gig since then, they've had the pretty much stacks, whatever venues um, bar with it. Whereas Motorhead Road Crew tends to be like, every bar I've been in where they've served that is because they've got fucking cool people behind the bar and that's not like an exaggeration or like (laughs) that's not hyperbole that's just like every every cool bar has it for some reason yeah you don't you don't find it in like you wouldn't find it in like a Spoons or like some crappy pub like this is always in like a a dive bar that's really there for like you know the people who who fucking love rock music and and heavy metal and stuff and that's where I've usually found Road Crew and I think I think it's a great bar Trooper you'll find it anywhere but this, this yeah. does great. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to try it on draft. I've only ever had it in bottle form. Well, I, think, I think. Should we start with Trooper then? Yeah. yeah. Let's, start, let's start with this one. I was about to say, I think I found Trooper in Lidl once before. I think it was on offer. That's how common it is. They've done a really good job of getting it all out there. Because I remember when it first came out, and they're like, yeah, Iron Maiden's doing a beer. And now it's it's pretty big. So have, who's got it? Who's got it cold? Who's got it cold and who's got it warm? Uh, I've got it not warm. I got it cold. Mine's warm. I got it cold. <laughs> I was going to say, is there like in your capacity as hospitality experts, is there an etiquette to how this should be done? Should it be done cold and should it be? Can I remember like? Um, it is cold. I always have all my ales cold. Yeah, yeah. I always have all of them cold. I remember Hobgoblin did like a campaign when I think it was like Barack Obama came over, and it, I remember that. I think. It, he was having a beer with David Cameron or something. And the Hobgoblin took pictures and Barack Obama wasn't fond of like warm Hobgoblin. So Hobgoblin were like, what's wrong, um, Mr. President? Are you afraid you'll taste something? And that was like a big sort of slogan for a summer, which is good fun. But I didn't know it was meant to be enjoyed warm. I always make them cold. Yeah, no, like, every, like pretty much everything. Everything should be cold unless, it, unless it's supposed to be made hot. But like, rule of thumb is, if it's a beer, it's, it's cold. Like, oh, no. you, you got Guinness. You got Guinness served cold. I mean, like if anything, that's the, that's the, more, the most traditional sort of beer or whatever that's about. And if they have it cold, then surely everything else is you know like that's the same idea. But, you know, everyone well, should have it cold. So, yeah, yeah, but they could also be like um, I miss Guinness so much. I miss Guinness. Like <laughs> whenever we go into lockdown, 
has been locked down number three or, or tier mm. three or whatever the, wherever the fuck we are now the one thing I miss is draft Guinness definitely I've been missing the, especially with two kids now it's like um, one thing I like to do with the one kid was like oh, fucking what a day strap the kid up and go to the pub not having a bender or anything but I'm just having one or two bit of a NASA and then go home and it's like a really good way to break the day especially when you're working like the, the industry I work in it's just a good way to sort of break the scenery but <clears throat> I think I'm feeling it now I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot more than last time I spoke to you hmm. but then again I've been doubling down on shit haven't I so I'm like I'm probably I'm, all, I'm probably near to death and I don't know it I think we all are mate so <laughs> 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 like Troopers, troopers, drinkable. Like it's, it's smashable. Definitely smashable. How are we thinking about? Well, tell you what, the variety of labels could play into our ratings here. So mine is the Day of the Dead. It's definitely the same, by the way. Alex, yeah. it's definitely the same beer. Yeah, it definitely tastes the same as. You just got a way cooler label. I clearly got the Halloween run. That's what I got. Shows how many people buy it. I think that, that looks pretty cool. I quite like the variety in that sense, but. I mean, it's too early to compare to the road crew. But road crew is sort of elegant in its simplicity, and I think that's, that reflects Motorhead as a band and as a brand quite well, accurately as well. If, if you do the, the pass out test, right, which is like this, so like I, I, there's like a few things that I'm like, right. So, say someone found my body in like a nice hotel room. What do I want to be surrounded by? Empty bottles of champagne <laughs> or empty cans of Fosters? I'm gonna pick champagne. So, when it comes to these, which one would I rather be surrounded by? Motorhead looks way cooler. Well, just from a graphic design perspective, I mean, you're already going to be working off with Iron Maiden. You've got Eddie on there, standard. Mm-hmm. You always going to have that. That's a good that you know you can just take any image of him. Fantastic. And then they've already got their own like type font anyway. They've already got like that sort of Russian slice, like slice, like sort of thing, and like it kind of goes really well. So you, like Robinson's like graphics team basically don't have to do much in order to make the label look cool. They've already got two winning factors there, so like, um, you can you can see that they've, they've definitely won some awards. If you look at like the, the, the label on your bottleneck, you'll see there's three medals. So it looks like they've I don't got see that on my super special one. Give you hold up to the camera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I see. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like you, I think they've got like a gold and two silvers. That might also be a gold, but it says. 2015, 2016, and then I, I, fuck, I've got no idea what the last one says. I think this is 2000, 2000 and something. Well, I think on both balls, you need to have a fucking pair of glasses on because you get so much writing on the back. <laughs> like, who's the hell's going to that? Like some lonely man in a bar, like just drinking on themselves, like just this essay. I mean, it's the kind of thing you'd want in the toilet when you haven't got your phone on you. Yeah, yeah, it's like reading reading the bleach bottle, isn't it? Yeah, it's reading the shampoo, like shampoo bottle, and you're like, oh yes, yes, yes. I see the bottles of Métis in Stoke. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you're looking at it, you're like, oh, vegans. Oh, (laughs) actually, is it vegan friendly or like what? (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, the story on on this bottle, the um, road crew bottle, is way cooler than the (laughs) trooper bottle. No man, like. If you're a history buff, the Charge of the Light Brigade is quite an interesting, um, yeah, foolhardy escapade. Um, yeah, it depends what you go for. I guess this, in, in its essence, this, these were quite; these two are quite good to put against each other. 
<laughs> for, the, for these kind of reasons. <laughs> I mean, first off, the beer. I do like the beer. I think the beer is nice. I think mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 a to me it's it's nothing uh, uh, different. It just seems like a nice beer. Like I'm not gonna lie, it kind of it doesn't. I can't really put anything to my you know uh, straight away to it. So. It's like, not offensive it's to the tone. It's not got like an after. It's not got like an, an after. An after kick, like say new Nuki Browns do. Like Nuki Browns, oh, no. taste nice, and then after a second of drinking it, you feel like, all oh, right, I've just I've been licking cement. What's this about? Um, yeah, this. It, I guess in in that sense, it's, it, your person, this personality, maybe it relies on the image a bit. But that's what that's what all branding is in regards to beers anyway. You're looking yeah. at a can, same with wines. So you're only going by the price of the label and what the what the bottle looks like. So same yeah. with beers right now. And right now, Trooper seems to be like a default setting to me. Just seems mm. to be like this is where we're gonna sort of judge other beers from is gonna be this. And I think it's a good one to start with. Mm. You know, like it just it's a big bowl, like exactly like Nuki Brown mm. and graphics are all right, taste is all right. Price. I mean, what was the price of it? Right, I, think, I got four for six quid. Is what I yeah. bought mine. Yeah, four for six quid, and this was one sixty ago, I think. Yeah, I think. So the pro- approximately the same, aren't they? So you just get a lot more out of the. Like I say, maiden's girthier. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Thought you two yes. would know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then both both say that they have uh, they've had influence from the from the band, and I'm like, how much though? I think the influence from the band is they had they had a tasting session with the band the day before the production line went out, and if they they were told they have right of veto, but there was so much pressure placed on them that it was be, it would have been awkward to say no. It's more like here's here's going to be the uh, not royalties, but here's the. Uh, the financial aspect of it. Do you want to stop that? No, no, keep going. No, I'm all right, I'm all right with that. <laughs> like, I don't think Motorhead's going to release a new album anytime soon, so... They still managed to blast out a cover album and they tend to right. blast out a, a live album every so often. <laughs> Did you see Motorhead when they were about? No, I missed them. No, I'm, I missed I'm, no. I'd have killed to have seen Motorhead. Oh, man, like, I was, was very fortunate. One of the fucking loudest gigs you can go to is a Motorhead gig. Yeah, I remember last time I saw him, it must have been 2013 at download. I've seen him a few times before that. <clears throat> um, I know it, it was shit faced, fucking twatted. And the brawl faster, I think it was Phil Taylor, Filthy Animal Taylor, who's like part of the Ace of Spades lineup, that brought him on stage. And then he was like, and he was just fucking cut. He was absolutely battered. It was ace. The great thing about Ace of Spades is that you don't need to be sober to sing that song. Can you no. just like. No, 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 like you could have done that, and I think we all would have, everyone would have just been too fucked and too happy to listen to it. That's one hell of a fast, like fast, like like uh, bass and, and drum on that. That is that is proper thrash, oh, and so like this is so good. Like Mario the Half hates that music, and I had that one in the car. He was like, "What is this shit?" And I'm like, "It's fucking great." <laughs> you don't understand. I'm like, like going like fifty or thirty. Like, oh god, god, calm down now. Like, <laughs> you fucking put on a song like that, or any kind of like thrashing metal song, and you're just like, you just start speeding. As soon as you hear it, as soon as you hear it come in, everyone, everyone knows what it is. It's just straight off, like so iconic. It's one of the bands where they're kind of like the kind of in a way like the first crossover band because. If you go to a, if you went to a motorhead gig, you'd see the metalheads like the old school metalheads, but you'd also see all the old school punks as well, like proper yeah, right. 
and of, of both those camps, no one's fucking about. It's Mohawks and 25 stone lads with leather jackets on. It's like, no one's fucking about here. They're smashing into each other like their lives depended on it. It's really, mm. it's an eclectic mix of people for an eclectic band. And it, it, it works because it was just relentless. Was there, was there, would there be mosh pits at a motorhead gig? I mean, that's like that's later on, of course, but I'm saying like when they were like still doing stuff like a download, would there be a mosh pit where motorhead were playing mm. or not? Um, oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. You couldn't go see motorhead and not have a fucking circle pit or a wall of death, like, you know? And it was, it was like Slayer pits are like the notoriously like this is going to get rough. Motorhead's also up there. It's, yeah. Yeah, I've been to, uh, sorry, I've been to like about cool. five Iron Maiden gigs mm-hmm. um, when I was about like 10 and 12 years old in Scotland at the SECC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, I was too young to be in the crowd. So I'd always be seated. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them like five years in a row or something silly like that, where I can't remember. But from the um, mid, it was never a pit, it's always a crush, big crush. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's not well, a lot of pits, but a lot of crushing. Mm. Yeah, how have you guys been anyway? What's the crack with the pump room? Uh, Ali's yeah. been doing some very cool designs recently. Very, <laughs> very cool designs. Well, we can probably say it here, to be honest. Yeah, 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 totally, man. Tell so them. basically, we always have like a spirit, or like you know, we like we, we team up with a brand. So Crest is like the main sort of uh, connection with brands, mm-hmm. talking to people and. And that, which has uh, helped me out a ton, because there's no way that I'd be able to get brands on board. And um, um, one of the brands that we've worked with now is um, Real, who do purees and syrups. So, for example, they have a huge range. They've got like coconut cream, um, ginger, uh, agave syrup. They've got like pumpkin, passion fruit, mango, uh, lychee, um, blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, everything. Like literally everything. And um, I have no idea what to do with them because I only got like four of them. So I've got blueberry, raspberry, black cherry, and peach. And um, so I thought, oh, well, like peach is interesting. And... um, and then this is like we were talking about this at the episode, and this was at the point when Trump was coming out, like President Trump was getting like an impeachment, like the second one. And I was like, mm. "Aha!" I was like, "Let's." I've got a bit of graphic design background. I've made up the exact logo of the uh, of the Real Squeezy Bottle, and I've just put his face on it and called it like impeachment. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just somebody's. Chris has just sent it. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just this orange face. <laughs> I sent it to like a few, a few like bartenders, like big ones, whatever in our industry. I was like, "What do you think? Are we gonna get in trouble?" And they're like, "If you get in trouble, it means they have no fucking sense of humor, and you should do." Also, this is brilliant. Like a lot of people love the design, <laughs> so we're, we're thinking potentially doing like a run on like maybe like maybe ten. 15 t-shirts do like do a run because like, I'd fucking love to have another t-shirt like yeah. down the back or something with like a pump room logo on the front yeah it's so cool like, that's awesome and like you, you pretty much banged it out today didn't you uh, I did it in about a couple of hours yeah um, brilliant yeah well done cheers man well done but it's just funny when you do stuff like that when you just take <laughs> you, I like I like one of one of the cocktails that we did was um, based around the um, like a, a touring car, the Ford Capri. Mm-hmm. So I made up like a false like Trump card, you know, like a top Trump card. 
mm-hmm. which was like just the, the the all the stats and everything like that. So I enjoy doing things like that where it's like literally trying to mimic it exactly as what it should be and making it false. So it was it was really yeah, it was quite funny. We'll see how yeah. it goes. But I think the, the drink I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a drink which is like an American drink, but it's not American because it was made by an Irishman. So it's just, we're just going to take the I think we're just going to take the piss out of Trump during the whole time yeah. during the show because uh, I hope he gets impeached. Is Charles next week or something? Yeah, so we're like, it's the first impeachment thing go through, but the second one I think is going through now, and that's the one that's going to trial. It, go, it went through, it's just that he was not criminally, criminally charged for his actions. Yeah. So if you're impeached, you're impeached. But the idea of the second impeachment is, look, we don't want this piece of shit having you know the, the presidential after job benefits such as a pension and a security detail and stuff so we want this to go through regardless even if he doesn't get you know criminally charged if, as long as it's regarded as impeached for a second time not to get too political well who gives a shit it's as i said in, in the british sense of fair play we like to see billionaires get fucking shot on so well yeah, sorry, sorry donald <laughs> It's, it's, it's just funny the fact that like he, he's just all talk and it was like and, and if you look at it like a TV show the last four years in America mm. it was a great finale mm. uh, it was a good it's like but that's what it was it was just pure entertainment from an outsider's perspective it was boss like, battle wasn't it well it's just the shit that came out of that man's mouth you were like <laughs> you're the you're like the man in charge like Boris Johnson fucking sucks but like could you imagine if you said half that shit like you'd just be like Whoa! I, mean, I remember when when he was first coming about, and I was like, I kind of want him to go in, not because I want Donald Trump to be in, but it's like I think it'll wake everyone else up to wh- whatever was lying dormant in their activities and their political activities and reasoning. It will become awakened over those four years, and that seems to have happened. But well, only time will tell. But well, there might like if- a year of Biden before he pops his clog and Kamala Harris takes control. Yeah, yeah, it's a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. How are you? How are you guys getting on? I'm on my last quarter. Uh, yeah, I'm like yeah, same. The same. Like it, it, this is the special beer. Like we'll be mad at this. It's also like out of all the metal beers, it's probably this one's probably done like the best. It, in well, terms of like when it comes to marketing, definitely. Like yeah. in the UK, I, I couldn't really speak for the states, but like this this stuff is like I, we've seen it around for years. Hmm. Absolutely years. It's on draft and stuff. Like some of my favorite fucking rock buddies, like uh, the Dev in Camden. They've got it on draft and stuff. Crowbar had it on draft. I've got I've got some of you in a weird way. You are Ali. I'm good. I'm good. You missing me? I'm not missing your face as well. I was about to say I'm not missing it. Just missing my butt. Yeah. Uh, no, no, because you honestly made the worst farts ever. I don't fart. No, if you've been having milk or any cheese or anything like that, I might not show it another time. That's okay. We were, we, 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 were, we were just talking about Cress's farts. That's what we were talking about. Oh, that's fine. I, I recently realized um, that I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, no. Well, I don't really listen to it because, like, fuck you, cheese is great. And, like, just let me eat what I want to eat. <laughs> if I have anything with dairy in it before a shoot, like, that's it. Game over. Ali has, like, the worst shoot ever. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to show us? Sorry. What we, right, what, so, so we're, Maiden played Leeds 
in uh, the 2017 Leeds Arena. And what they tend to do is when they play City is there's a nominated bar, presumably one with a strong relationship with Robinsons, and they have like a, a pre-show party. And um, also they had one at the Head of Steam in Leeds. Um, and I went down the next day and said because they had all this bunting up and all this like all this like fucking tat and I'm like a massive Maiden fan so I can have some of that and they're like yeah so I had a load of bunting it's somewhere in that filing cabinet and a load of beer mats that I was just going to show them off oh that's fucking awesome man god like I just I love Maiden like I fucking adore Maiden I've never I've never seen them and that is like one of the things that's like really high on my list yeah man apocalypse um, I did, I've, had, I've had beers with them a few times um, yeah, I've met them. I've met them a few times. My dad knows them, so um, so I've met, I've met them a few times. Look at your face! You're like, you what? <laughs> That's when I was like 12, and I was I was I was having a beer with them with their spoons after the show, and that. Well, I think I was having a J2O. My dad's my dad's big in football, and um, so uh, he no, like loves them. Um, he's captain England, my dad. So, but yeah. so you know, yeah, yeah. So he knows, he knows. Um, I think I don't know how he got in friends. I think he got friends with the tour manager, and then then just got sort of. We just like every time they were up in Scotland, you know, Glasgow wasn't that far away from us, so mm-hmm. we just go to each of the shows and that uh, and get tickets and and yeah, I think I've seen them at Twickenham as well, and then I saw them afterwards. Um, how was that one? I think uh, when was that? That's, that's, it must have been two thousand eight. Jesus, caught, <laughs> caught somewhere back in time, tall. Yeah, Jesus. Actually, there's a video actually of my dad rocking out at that show, <laughs> like from someone's like videoing us from behind. So it's like me and my brothers are at that show, and they're like, they're like, oh look, it's like Terry Butcher, like, and like he's like enjoying it. I was like 18 years old, shit, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I know, but um, yeah, absolutely love Maiden. Uh, I'm glad I never saw never saw Motorhead ever. So this uh, now it feels like whatever we come out with, they were biased towards Maiden because you all have a special relationship somehow with that band. They didn't make the beer personally, did they? It was Robinson. So I mean, to be honest with you, I like I would I would I've not even tried the other one, but this is like my this is a standard beer for me right now. I feel like this is a nice beer. It's a good. There's nothing. It's nothing offensive. It's nothing amazing, but it's a good beer. I think like, you, to, like to, you'd to, take it to meet your family, but like you wouldn't marry it. But you'd take it to meet your family. <laughs> it's, it depends on what kind of drink you are. I mean, like first impressions before we move on to to road crew is like it's a it's a good smashable beer in the sense that if you were like if you had a plan for a night out, it's like we're going to start at A and we're going to end at Z. You could probably go smashing every bar, and keeping pace with this because it's not too offensive on the palate, um, but neither is it so. Um, poignant in any particular sense that it's going to sit in the back of your throat and make you feel sick if you have too many of them. Yeah. It's a smashable beer. It's a great size. Fucking 500 mils. Is it a great size, Ali? It's a good size. And it's a good price as well. I mean, I think this is like what we're talking about like marketing. (laughs) This is is old reliable. This is Mm. like, you know, like four for six pound of Morrison's and you like get it on draft. You like, you know, it's going to be there. So I feel this is a good sort of like trusty old faithful this is like you know uh, i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it any other any way than that it's just that it's it's there it's going to be there but yeah you're not you're not going to you're not going to be like wowed by it 
when you see it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, Trooper. You're going to be like, oh, look, it's there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What else is on offer before I go back to that and buy it? I'm quite, I'm quite impressed with like, the base, like, the base selection of Morrison's. Like, it's good, isn't it? It's got like, a lot of random shit. There's no behemoth sacrum, though, is there? It's <laughs> no good to us. Or ACDC or any of that stuff. Like, have you got like a, have you got a dispatch notification yet? Because I don't. Fuck no, I don't either. I was, oh, I just like, threw it into the ether and I was like, okay. It would be so funny. Like a year from now, these beers just show up. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, we should do a review of that. We should definitely do uh, like a, a review of, of that sort that side of things because I thought I'd got it nailed with urban drinks, but I guess it's well, like you know, if shit hits the fan, I know places that you can get the moat head wine. And the Moat Head Whiskey and all oh, yeah. that shit. <laughs> I was going to send this earlier. There's a place called Metal on Wine or Wine on Metal. Um, it's literally a website. There's another EU supply, but it's all the wines and the whiskies. All of them, including the Moat Red ones. But yeah. I stole Gavin, by the way. I stole Gavin from um, Damnation Festival. <clears throat> um, he said he would would have loved to come on, but he was uh, he's too busy with cider and, cider and wine. And I was like, all right. So... Would you, can I chat to you then in your capacity as a festival organizer and in my capacity as a lifestyle engineer? And he was like, yeah, right. So I'm going to do that. But that's why I asked if you were doing like a, if you if you had anything in your pipeline that was close to like a wine thing, because then I was going to throw it your way. We can do wine. We, we, we are connoisseurs of um, intoxication and fucks. Well, if you wanted to do something like just interview people for the fuck of it, the three of us, in a, I don't know, we could, we could talk about it another time, but yeah, man, totally. Like, yeah, we got to get, get you down south, which is the other side of the M25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I've been to your drag bars. They're great. Oh, they are great. They're fucking class. Like, there's, like, there's a couple down there. Like, there's one bar that I have not been to, which is, like, in Bournemouth. I don't know if Ali's been to it. Ali's probably been to it. Um, which is, like, called... For DYMK, which is like, does your mother know? And I just think that's the coolest name for a gay bar. I've actually, not, um, I've actually not been. I've actually not been to that because, go. because, because I don't want to get crabs. I don't want to get anything like dodgy like that because that's there's, what Bournemouth. Like, Bournemouth, there's a beach. There's crabs everywhere. Well, I mean, general crabs. No one wants that. <laughs> crabs. Well, then just don't get no your wiener out. Well, that's hard at a gay bar. What do you expect me to do? Drink and dance? No. There's, 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 no. 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 Yeah. Um, there's this um there's this great drag queen um who I, I love because she's so she's so rude. Like the word c- is just like a filler between words, you know, when you go, oh um uh she just goes like she says the word and she's you, you just, might want to mark the time down on this video of when you need to bleep, I'll be honest I'll with give you. It up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all right. But her name's like Lucinda Lashes. You just say proper like she's got like a proper like South Coast accent and stuff, and I've never seen a queen swear as much as her, be as filthy as her, but be able to sing like over the rainbow to the point where it actually brings people to tears. It's <laughs> such a great voice. It's just like, and yeah. So like, when when like things get back to normal, we like we'll just take you to see this in the lashes, and then we'll take you yeah, to join. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, are we going to open the next one? Let's do it. So, true. Well, this does say it's an American pale ale. Yeah, it changes the context somewhat, doesn't it? 
Oh, we are the Rebel Crew. How many times have I seen Mo read that? I saw him 2006 Wacken Festival. I saw him, I think the following year, Grass Pop. I saw him 2010 in Leeds. Um, I saw him again at Wacken, I think, on one of those years, either between eight and 10, I don't know. And then I saw him in 2013. Yeah. Phil Campbell and the Bastards. Bill Phil Campbell being the Mo guitarist. Uh, as a, has a band called Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, which is it's a band he has with his lads. Um, and they're sort of doing like the club circuit end of this year, if everything's back to normal. Um, it's pretty good. Then you're all. Oh, man. I hope so. Zero objections. But yeah, let's take a first swig. <sighs> pale as fuck. I love pale. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was about to say, you can really tell it's an American pale ale. Like, yeah. This is the whiskey, man. Mm. <laughs> Buy the Motorhead whiskey now. Well, actually, to be honest with you, right now, my husband is upstairs having a cigar. So now I've just got cigar smell and American pale ale, and this is like pretty good. So I'm quite happy with this. <laughs> well, I, um, I wish I was with you. <laughs> yeah. it, sits on the, it sits on the palate quite strong. It stays around, but it's kind of like fruity. It's a bit fruity. It's a bit high. Um, oh yeah. Well, uh, the ABV. It's it, this is five percent. Yeah, that was four point seven. Yeah. This is in a different way. I don't think. Oh yeah. I mean, this this that was the first sip. I don't think I could drink as many. If you line, you know, twenty bottles of beer in the wall, I could probably get more through through more maiden than I would through. I'd get fucking up. Already fucking my words up. I'd get through more of the trooper than I'd get. I'd get through of the road crew I think Def- definitely I agree with that that makes sense I definitely, yeah I definitely agree with that it's like, not the trip is not as dry and it doesn't feel as pale of course because it's yeah. like a beer it's just a beer but you know as in like you can uh, this one I think with the road crew I take my time more I don't know like, yeah I, I, yeah completely like road crew is something where I'm like I want to drink I want to do, be doing shots of whiskey with each beer so mm. I'll, I want it like I want a shooter with each beer but like I've spent nights with this and like yeah, whiskey might be an appropriate pairing, you know. They have their own whiskey, don't they? I don't. I've never actually tried it. No, I've never tried that whiskey either. But like, just any whiskey. Like, I like, I like, I like Scotch, but like bourbon's great too. But like, this is something that you just shoot, shoot with. It's smashable. But this smashable. one's a little bit. This is less argumentative. It's a little bit smoother. Yeah, I think this you, this you could easily give to somebody who's just a pale ale drinker. Yeah. Like you could easily be like, oh, just try this, and they wouldn't. They might even they won't. They might not even know who Motorhead is, but they'd probably be like, yeah, it's all right. But like the labeling looks badass and it looks pretty cool. Mm. Like to me, it's 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 good. I mean, the only thing out of the out of out of context on here is the actual brewery, which is Cameron's. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, so it's really cool, and then it's like brewed by Cameron's, and you're like. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> like it's there, but you know, like besides that, you know, it just looks pretty, pretty badass. Mm. I like, I like the blurb on the back, which is like, "Lemmy wrote, we're the road crew as a tribute to his crew about his time as a roadie for Jimi Hendrix. He took ten minutes to write this anthem whilst in a North London studio toilet, and his own immortal words: "It was the only quiet place in the building. I had an idea. I needed someone to work, it, work it through, and that is the only song I can remember writing in the toilet." I just love the I just love the life I lead. Another beer is what I need. Another gig, my ears bleed. We are the road crew, and I'm just like, man, like you just like for me, I'm down with that. I'm down with that statement. <laughs> like I, I totally drink this on the toilet. 
<laughs> shower beer. Shower beer. Shower beer. You know, it, like, could you imagine having like, like a little beer fridge like built into the wall with like one of them fucking lights and you shower and you're like, yeah, shower beer. I nearly did a, an ice bucket for this. And I couldn't be asked going outside to get the ice bucket, which is set on my outside. I say an outside bar, it's like a shitty pallet. <clears throat> We've got one of them too. Yeah. <laughs> Our second bar is a pallet bar, man. Yeah. It's not a pallet. Mine's not a pallet bar, though. It's literally like, I think the, the guy I used to live in had it as like maybe somewhere to store like, like seeding pots or something like that. And I just went, fuck that. And just drilled a bottle open into the side of it and called it a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, like bar's a bar. You can put booze on it and like have some mates around it. And then it's a bar. You, you build it. Got no mates, so I'm not. <laughs> you got you got kids. That's why. <laughs> yeah, just like t- like there's nothing wrong with teaching a toddler how to stir a good martini or open a beer. <laughs> and eye coordination skills. <laughs> You'd be the worst mother. <laughs> I would be a sick mum. I'd be like Courtney Love vibes. <laughs> no, you'd be more like Britney vibes. <laughs> Forget who they are. <laughs> <laughs> you, howdy, y'all. Britney Spears. I wish I was Britney. I wish I'd abs like Britney. You're one. You're one more like lockdown away from shaving your head. <laughs> I am one lockdown away from shaving my head, but also like if if I was Britney Spears, I'd change my name to like Shitney Beers or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I've been watching your show so much that now when I hear the theme tune, it's kind of like it's kind of kind of it's got a homely vibe for me now. <laughs> well, yeah. that was that was Chris's dad that wrote that. Really. Yeah. yeah. Who, 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 who does your dad know then, Chris? Uh, my, <laughs> he my knows dad, a lot. My dad had a band in the 90s called Stiltskin. So that was his band, and he had a number one. And so I grew up and talked with him. Okay, let's give it a good old googs. <laughs> <laughs> that rings a bell. But actually, he did, do, he did a lot of composing for commercials, didn't he, as well? Oh, yeah, no, he did. He did, uh, he did like, World Cups, the Olympics, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Wow. Fucking, like... Oh. Dude, you had like, BBC adverts when you had people like like in red shirts dancing on rooftops or like in ribbons and stuff or like and it was like nah, 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 nah. that was him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he had a band in the nineties called Stutzkin. So um, yeah, yeah. I grew up with you, my dad. You've got a studio. Your dad's got a studio at your house, yeah. and it's like I I think I got I got introduced to it like, and it would have been like like, like twenty twenty. And I went in and it's just like, you would just be like jaw dropping. You'd be like, this is crazy. And he's like, I've just changed this mic a little bit and it sounds amazing. And I'm like, literally all of this is never what I will be able to own in my lifetime. It's just so amazing. It's just accumulation of great things. I mean, what was there? I want to say there's a bass from, from, um, from the Sex Pistols, but I could be wrong. No, there was there's, uh, there's a signed Johnny Rotten poster. There's like, Fuck, there's like one of Pete Townsend's guitars and stuff. That was it. It was a Rickenbacker, wasn't it? Was there a Rickenbacker there? Or... There is a Rickenbacker, but it's not Pete Townsend. I thought it was. No, no, no. we not like Pete Townsend's the jam. But I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was somebody else. Sorry. Completely. He's got some mental, mental shit. That he's got a Trini Lopez. So you know Dave Grohl's Trini Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't, they don't make those anymore. And he's he's got the only other one that's really known about in the world. Fuck it. I'm trying to find cool things in my house. 
<laughs> Do you want to hear a fact about um, your dad's album, which you did with Stiltskin? It was yeah, mastered well. by a guy called Ted Jensen. Ted Jensen's an absolute, he's an absolute powerhouse mastering engineer. So once you've got the mix down of a song and you, the, the bass is as loud as it needs to be and the keyboards are in there or whatever it is, um, that's kind of like the band consider the finished product, but then it, sends to, it gets sent to a mastering engineer who then basically makes those the macro changes to the song, which make it optimized for different speaker systems. So these days you go, right, well, you got your Bose systems on one, you got the car systems, you got headphones, you got shitty phone speakers, and he finds like an aggregate mix to optimize it for all those things. Ted Jensen's the guy that does that, and he's like an absolute legendary engineer. But the probably more interesting thing that he did is he mastered um, Metallica's Death Magnetic from 2008, which is notoriously awful um because it was over it was well it's not by his fault it's not his fault at all it was given to him overly compressed there's this thing called the loudness wars strap yourselves in it's a fucking absolute riveting time this is the shit i fucking love um, so loudness wars are like a it's like a record company um initiative to get their bands to be the loudest um simply okay fucking Huey Lewis and the news are coming out. Great. We want their album to be pumping from cars. So the instruction to producers will be like, make it loud, make it loud, make it loud. And as we all know, the louder you make something, it might end up sort of like becoming static. It might become, um, start clipping. The signal will be start turning red. Um, but they'd still go for it. And it ruined the fidelity and the dynamics of the song in favor of being loud. So when Metallica's Death Magnetic came around, they mixed it to that spec. Just make it as loud as fucking possible as loud as possible and Ted Jensen gets it and he's like I can't fucking do it with this sends it out to the world the world shits on him Guitar Hero 3 picks up um, a licenses Metallica songs for their game and they say we can't use this this is unusable I'm sorry it's just not going to work give us the original masters as in like pre-Ted Jensen and we're going to remix it for you and now you can like have sound like a comparison side by side between what Metallica put out and was mastered by your dad's mate and uh <laughs> <laughs> what well, was mastered by Ted and then what Guitar Hero did with it and it is night and day it's really interesting but anyway he's the guy wow. he, he did but he did your dad's album and it was he did he's done thousands he did the thousands. album in 94 or some shit like that yeah, so it was, like, yeah. he must have gone that shit over the years <laughs> so what <laughs> <laughs> Get on I think, I think we, we're so shattered by our fathers in regards to football and music so that's why <laughs> that's why we're just making drinks at a bar <laughs> like like oh yeah you're gonna be so successful now we're bartenders <laughs> that's hey, what we do fucking career dude but like, like uh, it's fun like but no uh that's kind of crazy i didn't realize that like guitar hero it was a guitar hero that sort of helped <laughs> yeah well the guitar hero has the best mix of death magnetic available and death magnetic is like metallica's big comeback album return to thrash return to form and it was just delivered such a, the loudness wars are a fascinating thing that's interesting yeah that is really, yeah, I, never yeah, realized, I never realized but i never thought you'd be like huey lewis in the news and then go to Metallica after that. <laughs> all, the, all everything, hip hop, rap, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it is like fall victim to the soundness war, uh, the loudness wars. Like ask any producer that works in a multidisciplinary environment, they're like, oh yeah, it's a massive fucking problem, because their their entire their entire skill set is around understanding frequencies and dynamics and compression and the toolkits to make it sound as great as it can and really um, 
flex the sound and make it, you know, accommodate our ears or make our ears accommodate it in, in more interesting and fulfilling ways. And then someone goes, nah, just make it louder. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just turn it up to 11. <laughs> just yeah. go for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I have, I have issues with like Crest during like the pump room, like peaking, like, you know, like really hitting it loud on, on some of it. And, mm. uh, and, and if Christ is a nightmare. But I know, but like from an, from an audio perspective, when I'm editing the video, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like, I can't dub this. I can't do anything with this. So I'm like, mm. screw it. I'm pitch shifting this and I'm <laughs> just making it stupid now. Say <laughs> I, think Ali, I think Ali hears my voice more than my girlfriend hears my voice. Oh, God. <laughs> um, terrifying fact. Yeah, well, I think, Christ, I don't hear you moan. <laughs> cool. I get... <laughs> I, I'm, I, use like, um, I think it's like a, I don't know what you call it, like a mastering service or something so whenever I finish a podcast usually the levels between my mic and whoever I'm talking to like, oh wait it'll happen with this one it'll be different when I put it into Audacity and I can't tell because I, I can't hear myself I can only hear you guys um, but I've put it into this thing that just processes the whole file and balances it all out so it's all roughly the same that seems to work really well well, I think I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was really annoying because what they would have is I think they had two different audio sources. So they'd have the the, the, the person that they were interviewing and they would have the audio of themselves. But what they would do, they would try and sort of like switch between them. So if you think about two different clips. No, they, they weren't panning it, were they? They would, they would go from one to the other. But they, when they would crossfade them together, they weren't synced properly. So you would get this echo effect between like when the person started repeating it. And these are the guys who are like, they've been number one on podcasts and iTunes. Um, I'm not going to name who they are. And I love listening to them, but this is the first time they've done it. And I've literally gone, you've not listened. So is it, yeah. does it begin with a C and end with an R? Yeah. Well, it's two years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it's difficult. It's difficult when you're editing audio in regards to podcasts and things like this. It's like, I can, I can, I don't think I could do that. I can do silly little videos on YouTube. That's not mm. a problem. That's easy. <laughs> you should take a leaf out of my book, Ali, and just go, right, just edit out a C word. Everything else is fair game. <laughs> I, really, I really don't know if we should just like stop bleeping, but I kind of enjoy bleeping. Bleeping. It gives it like a, no. yeah, just like, create like a community timing. It's like somewhat percussive and, and it, it kind of shows people that I am paying attention. And some people say like I, I, they don't know I edit my podcast. It's like I do edit it. A lot of stuff gets on the gets put on the cutting room floor. Loads of it because people tell me stuff that's off the record a lot, and I have to respect that and put it on the floor. Um, and that's not to me saying I'm fucking great at editing. It's just that I really like the long form. We're going to have an hour and a half long conversation about the business decisions around this fucking album because that's what excites me. And then, but people think because I do that, that there's no way I edit it. But do you just want to have like all the information out there for somebody else, like you trying to find the information? So when you're like speaking to this guy from Australia, you just want to hear everything. So if someone wants to listen to yours to know about Roadrunner or, or something like that, they, you just give them all the information. Is that the idea? Like that's exactly why cut right. it down? That's like, exactly. just, just yeah. So there's there's, there's it's multifaceted, right? So the, the history of Roadrunner Records is completely unrecorded, apart from anecdotally and word of mouth. So my entire mission is to create the academic foundation of which we can build an understanding of what, how, how they did what they did. And so that comes in the form of long form interviews, which are, is the primary source. 
it's everything everything's there in, in the form it's going to be there as it was told to me the next bit is the narrative which is the docuseries which I'm working on chapter one which is why I look tired um if you saw if you saw the great cat video that was like all right this is what it's going to look like now I need to make sure that my computer can actually sustain a video and make it actually work um and then in the background what I'm finding is there's people who I want to interview who aren't coming out of the woodwork until after the fact so like this first chapter is going to be 1980 to 86 but I'm going to get people from 84 who aren't going to make themselves known to me until I've already got the video out exactly so I'm doing yeah. a book in the background so they can go into that <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sick, man. And, well, I'm, I'm, my my background's academia, so it's like I have to. It has to have the sort of like academic integrity, otherwise, when I die and someone else figures out there's something else going on, roadrunner, they can't they can't rely on my information if it's if it's slapdash. It has to be, you know, curated in a way as if it was a museum. But yeah, I'm yeah. glad you picked up on that, Ali, because that makes me feel warm. Well, I think that's the best thing. It's like, well, for me, it's like when I'm editing video for YouTube, like making a cocktail, I would ideally like to leave everything in there and show the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. like it is just like here, just chatting, chatting shit and doing things like, like you were at a bar sort of thing. Like you just, you're there, you're totally. talking and stuff like that. But then I know that from a, from a perspective of viewers, followers and things like that, you've got to cut it short because the attention span is very low. I mean, that's what it is nowadays is that if, you know, you go try and capture it in video, it's different on podcasts, of course, but in video, it's like the first 10 seconds. If you haven't got anything interesting to say in the first 10 seconds, they're just going to skip. They're just going to be you see like, it on the analytics, can't you? You can see like graphics, you go, there's a shelf at yeah, 15 seconds like, in. Like the runtime is like, it'd be like eight minute runtime, but it'd be like two minutes. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. oh, fucking it. I know exactly when they've stopped. I know exactly when yeah. they've stopped. And I'm like, oh, I should have edited that, that differently. And But then actually, to be honest with you, I make the videos, I think just for us, Chris. I mean, I just, I enjoy actually looking back at them, even though I've seen them 500 fucking times mm. I will still look back and I'll actually be like ah yeah that was a good day that was really funny so I, like I don't really I, I like the videos because they lead to sort of other things and like you know we've had it's been like fucking just like just over six months now and we've gone to like 412 subscribers it's mad isn't it and yeah I'm like we've hit organic organically not even organic like subscribers nothing, like nothing we haven't paid anything and then when it comes to views, we've had 15,000 views in total. Like 15,000 people have watched our videos. That's so cool. And then yeah. if we go into, but there's one video that like, we didn't pay <laughs> for it, but there was a video that we released a couple of weeks ago, which is, which is just shot up. So we released from Fireball, right? Mm-hmm. And literally it has 710 views. Which like, I, I didn't even edit it well. I literally was just like slapdash, like just put this in. The only thing I think what caused the views was the fact is that you were fire reaving Ray and Nephew's overproof rum, which wasn't even like fireball. <laughs> you were literally like just breathing rum. And then it was like, and it was just the intro was just fireball, 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 like literally epileptic fix, fits of fireball. And then it, none of it happened during the show. <laughs> it was just an intro. Like, we like should do was, an episode and like how to breathe fire. I but think like, we're going to have to. You should do it. Like, one, one thing I really do like is like, so you look at the audience on fireball. So like fireball is the, the number one 
um, shop brand in the States, the number one. Like Jägermeister is like number two or three. It doesn't fucking mm. come close to Bible. Like, so in Europe, Jaeger's like number one. So 74.2% of the views come from the States on that Fireball video. Wow. And then you compare that to what our normal videos are, and probably about 5% of that is from the States and the rest is from UK and potentially Europe. So it's like random that this one video that's done well has done, has, has done well in the States. Makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, if I pulled up, um, I don't know, up the bar. But then, but then there's one which is Singani, which is a Bolivian, is it Bolivian drink? Yeah, it's like a Bolivian like spirit or something. And that's done well. But, and then people have disliked it. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, cool, that's fine. That's not a problem. But like this random Bolivian spirit has done well on the view count because I don't think anyone else has done anything with it. I have no idea, but... No, like there's, just, there's nothing out there for it. I was looking at my analytics of the podcast. US is the winner. United Kingdom coming, coming second with about half as many views. The Republic of Moldova is third. Yes. Yes, of course it is. Of course. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, Moldova's got to be there. Like, <laughs> Luxembourg in the top five, it's got to be as well. Wait, let me, let, me, let me pull up the analytics for Singani because, like, the Sambuca one got, like, is, like, 570 views now. But if I pull up the analytics for Singani, which is on, like, 300 and something views, the audience is... Such an expose. In, by the way, in my mind's eye, you're cutting lines of cocaine there, Chris. <laughs> you're, like, you just, you see, you're sort of busy doing something. And we're like, oh, shit. Right. So this, this is fascinating, right? Cool. So Singani, um, the top amount of views, which is 15.9%, is from Ukraine. And the other <laughs> amount of views, 78 is Russia. <laughs> like the last, like that's the last 90 days. If I change that to agenda is... I don't know, it gives me shit. But, um, <clears throat> lifetime. but yeah, so it's like 10.7% is the United States, 10.1% is Ukraine, 6.64% US Kingdom, 49 for Russia, and then the other stuff is like anyone else around the world. And then like with our Sambuca one, it's like got like 570 views now. And I remember shooting that video and I had only had like two hours sleep. I think I come straight from work to shoot that one. Right. Was that that one? No, that was the other uh, one. No. Because I remember, no, I think, what was the one that was really, like the rain was coming in? I think that might have been... Monkey Shoulder. Monkey Shoulder. When we did Monkey Shoulder Whiskey, literally the roof was like leaking. And you, you had you had gone onto the roof just before we were shooting the video and put a tarpaulin on like a, 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 a light, no, no, um uh, bloody window like a ceiling like you know roof window thing god I can't talk and um, <laughs> so you had no shirt on but you had like your jacket on and you were like freezing cold and this was like the star of like autumn and you were like fucking let's just get through this because I need to get the fuck out of here and go to London like straight after <laughs> and like it was like, to cover something or like to cover a ship for someone yeah oh, that, got, that got his job with, that got his job with, with Monkey Shoulder's live thing which was amazing so like we didn't even put the things you put effort into sometimes don't work out but the things you put bugger all effort into actually work out and it doesn't make any there's no textbook on it it does yeah. I'm looking at my analytics for the YouTube side now and it looks like I only get three countries which is the US the UK and Brazil <laughs> I might not be looking at this right, but it is interesting how um, to speak to like the appeal in terms of like engagement. Like the long form videos, 
um, don't get a lot of views. The most I've got is Mike Kaufman from Defiance, um, which is a thrash metal band. That's got 100 views. But the one where I made an effort, like the proof of concept video, which is the history of Rodan Records, The Great Cat, which is just like, all right, I'm going to spend half an hour talking about this particular artist to see if my PC can run this whole fucking show. 242, which is like way more than um, anything else. So it is interesting how the science of engagement is is pretty compelling to me. Not to the point where I'd edit more, (laughs) but it is like interesting. (laughs) I think it's just, I think it's like, to me, it's like, it's just the commitment of doing it. Like, you just do it for the sake of doing it, don't you? You just do it because you want to do it. I mean, I totally. You, you, you look at the views and you, you want to be like, you kind of, you do get a bit of enjoyment from when it's a decent video and, or, or podcast, you know, when, when the views are there, you're like, great. I actually feel like I'm appreciating, you know, I, I, I've actually been, you know, there's something coming back from it. But then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Nope. It doesn't necessarily matter. It's there for you, and then it's. It's. But it's nice. It's just a nice thing on top to be like, oh, this video's done well. I think the video that we released today, I was a little bit gutted because you can see annoyingly on YouTube, you can see how it ranks in comparison to the other videos yeah. in the last like twenty eight days, and you're like, oh, this is currently on seventh, and then you look back at an hour's time or whatever when you're on the toilet, and you're like, oh, it's dropped down to eighth. Oh no, I oh, was it, guys. Bombed. No, 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 but it's, 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 just, it's just one of the things, like, you're like, but then I wasn't expecting anything with the fireball video that we talked about, but then that was, like, number one, and I was like, nah, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, it, nah. it's bad, like, in two weeks, it's gone, like, to 700 views, and we were like, oh, my God, it's got 100 views in check. Like, it's just, like, you know, if you don't look at it for two days, then you refresh the, the YouTube buddy or whatever app you're using, it'll be, like, plus 80 views, you're like, fuck me. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. I, I think it's... I don't know. It's, it seems like maybe it's a self-assurance thing. I don't know, but I don't even, I don't really know how to use the analytics. I'm pretty sure when I told you those three countries, I, I was fucking up that. I just, I'm not bothered by the views. It's like, I think I know, I know that I'm doing it for myself because it's so weirdly specific. It couldn't not be. <laughs> it's just, but, you, but you want to, you want people to hear it though, right? That's bit, the idea. To be honest, mate, you know, I, I, in, in terms of like, it feels to me like, as much as I want people to hear it, I understand that no one's going to hear it until it's somewhat complete and there is a narrative to be struck. However, I did get a DM from Herman Lee from Dragon Force the other day saying, good job on like this particular thing I did. And I was like, well, that's like, I couldn't get more validation than that. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was like, he's in LA and it was just like, oh, I've just seen your interview with Mike Gerd. I signed it. Guitar hero. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's awesome, man. But that's like, I mean? it's like, just shit like that. <laughs> that's great. That's that's the thing though, because there's so many questions I have because the, the label itself it, it sort of has that such a special place for me. There's so many really specific questions I have about how how do how do I put this right? So music does not have an inherent value, right? It, it's only valued at what people pay for it. Therefore, when when a label comes out of nowhere and takes this fringe thing called metal and makes it commercially viable and makes a lot of fucking money doing it, it's alchemy. It, it's alchemy. And these days, and when when there's when most music is kind of algorithmically delivered to you, and in some cases algorithmically created. I'm not yearning for a particular, like, you know, the, the, the day of the songwriter or the day of the, the singer or whatever. I'm just trying to understand that was that particular vibe and that particular method of delivering music to the masses that was successful. 
It wasn't done by macro. It wasn't done by consensus. It was done by a team of people who just fucking love metal. And I want to unpack that and understand how it worked. And I think because that's so specific and it's such a weird little mission, it's such a weird mission. I couldn't, I don't care if it's got one view because it's going to be there in perpetuity. And it's, mm-hmm. it's there, it's the, fa- it's the academic foundation from which we understand that thing and how it happened. I think that's the driving factor. And obviously when Herman Lee DMs you, it's just like, oh, that's nice. But like if if you're not doing if you're not doing this research and this this bringing together of like sources, no one else is going to. Apparently not. I mean to be yeah, honest, if, I'm writing the book in the background, yeah, but I'm not gonna release it because until until certain people have retired and certain people give the blessing because I don't feel it's a di- I can tell you more off off the record because it's like Mm. The, the, the pedantic bits of it are like it would be insincere to the project to release an unofficial history of Rodan Records considering how many people have contributed and want to talk about it it can't it can't be unofficial it has to be official because everyone who was there is the other ones that are propping this up and that's just like my project in the minute once this is done it'll be back to me talking shit with Raw every week you know what I mean and trying to find the secret metal <laughs> I think it's just it's just great. It's just great that you just sort of you you sort of focused on this thing. I mean, it's just like because it does like when I was listening to the first part, I was like, Jesus, like this is like interesting. Like, gosh, it's been a while since I listened to it, but like, just oh, do that. Everything's wrong for a start. Everything's wrong. Yeah. That was me. That was me googling it for two weeks. This this new one is going to be a revamp for that first one with actual interviews with bands and actual interviews with the people that were there, and it's like. It's, it's fucking fascinating. What you think about is, right, bands are cool, yeah? If you interview a band, you're interviewing a band, a guy that's been in the same band for 30 years, they have that experience. You've probably been part of that shared experience when you've been to a concert and things like that. You speak to someone from a label or someone who works in the industry, they've got probably got a career path that spanned continents, genres, and acts. So, like, you can talk to, like, you can talk to Iron Maiden, they'll talk about Iron Maiden. But earlier I was speaking to Jim Salaby, who is the head of sales at Roadrunner, and he worked with, Metal Church, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Typo Negative, uh, DSI, all these different things. It's like, to, for some reason, I'm, I'm finding it more compelling. Give me five minutes with Bruce Dickinson or give me two hours of Dream Troll. I'll take Dream Troll every time. You know what I mean? I understand, I understand completely. Like, yeah. You get more scope on that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How are you guys getting on with your... Oh man, I've, I've opened up. I actually opened up my second one. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Damn, this is good." Like, it's I'm just move back to I'm move back to Super. I'm going to have two road crews. I think I'm going to have a second road crew, man. Okay, I'm on the second road crew, and then I'm about halfway. Probably open up another, the other trooper that I've got, and then and then afterwards it's the overkill, which the is the comparison. Pilsner version with motorhead with cameras, yeah. which is the 40th anniversary edition. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yes, yeah, Overkill. So, released March 24th, 1979, Overkill is the second studio, app in, uh, second studio album. Motorhead released in 1979 and was li- listed among the 100 greatest heavy metal albums of all time. Of course, it should be. <laughs> like, why would. I let you yeah. down on guests, by the way. I did reach out to a number of people, but I think because it was over Christmas, um, I just didn't get anything back. Christmas, isn't it? Everyone's just like trying to figure their stuff out because a certain someone decides to tell everyone that they couldn't go home for Christmas whilst they were on the motorway. Which <laughs> <laughs> is mad. Yeah, I was plan- I was planning on doing a nice little road trip to East Anglia to go see my parents, and that just fell through. So that was fun. 
Yeah, Fuck I was like, with my girlfriend to come for Christmas for like a week or something. We had everything power. Like, it was like all this, like, all our presents, like, all this, like, booze ball and like food that we got to like, you know, to have together. And we're like, yeah, it's gonna be great. And it was like, nah. Mm. So, prop shit. Prop shit. Yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be back to normal at some point. I hope Bloodstock doesn't get cancelled, though. Oh, we're all oh, Glasgow cancelling, cancel- and then uh, like Ultra Festival, Miami Council, which is a huge house festival. The operative oh. word there is huge, though. Bloodstock, while yeah. big, is, isn't is not scaled up like Glasgow. Exactly. You, we, yeah. you know that, like you know, like um, Reading and Leeds will be cancelled, and Downwood will probably get cancelled. Mm-hmm. Is that looks uh, yeah? So like, yeah. So that like all the all the big ones will be cancelled, but the smaller ones would hopefully. You want to wait for the private sector to kick in and go, right, we'll provide vaccines to ticket holders. <laughs> that's what. That's the way, that, that's where you can get some money. It's not, I'm not saying it's conscientiously um, uh, like sound. Like, just be like, open all the pubs with no rules and stuff for a night and just put the vaccine in everyone's drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in the port scratchings. Um <laughs> But there was, there was, there was, I saw the, uh, I saw the image, I saw the image a long time ago, and I saw it again today. Was the uh, Flaming Lips had the uh, concert where they're all in the Zorb Bulls, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> and like that happened like at the start, like the uh, the pandemic, you know, like uh, in America um, when they when they finally realized that it was a thing, and then um, I just saw it on BBC News again, and I was like, like that's that'd be like the worst sort of. Imagine being in a Zorb ball, like in that massive beach ball thing in a concert, and you'd be like, you're in the middle of it, and you're like, this is great. Oh, crap, I really need to go for a piss. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you're like, just clambering over it. <laughs> I think, like, did the band, like, jump on them or something? Like, they, the, the, band band, the band were in it as well, so the lead singer was literally in the crowd. But because everyone's spaced out, the crowd is only like about twenty people. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It I kind like, of I, I quite like not being not. I don't like, I don't like not being a gig. But I'm not going to do one of these Zorb gigs. I'm not going to do any socially distanced gigs. The first gig I'm going to go to is like some fucking dirty rotter punk gig or something like that. Because I think it's like if you've, if, if you've been celibate, it. if you've been celibate for three months, the first time you have sex, and then you, you hear ringing in your ears. It was it was that much of a release. I think it's a similar principle. I think we're all going to go to like a gig or something, and it's going to be fucking insane because everyone's going to be just like. I want to go to a gig where I get my nose kicked in. I want my like I want to be covered in blood and beer by the end of it. Like you know, and I want I want my you know I want Ali or my girlfriend pulling me out, and be like, "You're right, blood, shove a tampon up my nose, don't give shit." Like, just fucking go for it. None of the socially distance shit where it's like. Oh, like that—that that was really nice. Look, well done. Oh, look, look at you—you you play the guitar. I, I, I just want to get to the gay bars. I want to get to the gay clubs, and it's like, I, yeah, and I want to get to the gigs as well. I think I've never really like living in Southampton. There's not any mate. There's not any great gigs here. We got the joiners. The joiners. Yeah, but you have you have something which is like the O2 Guildhall, which will have like that place sucks. Well, yeah, but you have you have like people like Royal Blood there. You have C6 Steve. You have people like you know Steps as well there as well. So you have like a, it's just your generic like mainstream stuff. Do you know what I mean? But you can still get like like I wouldn't mind rocking out. I love C6 Steve and I love I love like Royal Blood. 
I do want to see Bolo Pursuit. They come down there a lot. Bolo Pursuit fucking go and play O2 Guildhall. Like, like, oh, you know, dude. Yeah, the Leeds singer. Have you seen what happened? has happened to the lead singer of Bolo Pursuit? He's been shot for really? a long time. Mate, he's as big as the fucking guitarist now. Mm. The place is I was like, I was watching Kerrang! last night because, like, Scuzz no longer fucking exists. No, no. Is Kerrang! still on TV? Kerrang! still on TV. Like, okay. you, like it, was, it was like Metal Hammer and then that went and then it, like, went to Scuzz and Scuzz is now gone. And now it's just Kerrang! when it comes to, like, all the... the Kerrang! Rock- is no longer a magazine, though, so I guess that's where they make the money. Oh, Kerrang! They it's still not- got radio, haven't they? Up north? They've still got, no, they've got radio FM up north? Um, not up north. Not that I've seen. Oh, the Krang, when did the Krang magazine end? Oh, fuck, I don't Years ago. And you get fucking bees on here. Mosh Talks Bees, who's like a, a journal that just written for all these people. And he'll give you a summary of the UK metal fucking media. Um, I like, <laughs> I, I remember going and buying Krang, like, it was like my favourite fucking magazine and stuff. They had like this, like, you go in, you get all the posts and stuff. Like, my bedroom wall was just covered in Krang posters mm. and stuff. Absolutely great, and you get the, the shitty compilation CDs of bands haven't been signed yet, which we now like revere and miss. Yeah, <laughs> like the, you, the other ones were some forty-one on it and stuff. You'd get them the CD, and it'd be like their number twos. It wouldn't yeah. be their number one hits. It'd be like it'd be like like Food Fighters, and it would be like some really random song. You'd be like, I'd never even heard this. Like, yeah. what is? But they'd be like, Yeah, Food Fighters is included. And they'd be like, Oh yeah. Guns and Roses, you'd be like, yeah, from the Spaghetti album, which was like the worst thing in the world. You're like, no, like this is the they do they would they would definitely catch like but occasionally they were really good at putting together cover albums. So for the 20th anniversary of um, Master of Puppets, Kerrang! put out remastered Master of Puppets, which was every song on Master of Puppets coded by a different band. I did not know that. I did not do that. There was occasionally shit hot stuff. I was never a- realized they did that. I just liked yeah. the interviews that they did on the magazines. Like, and it would just be like the hypes of the albums coming out as well. So the reviews as well, because this is before, like, I remember watching it before Facebook and, you know, anything, any social media, Kerrang! magazine was the thing that you bought when it like, the new Biffy Clyro album came out because there's probably about 16 of them now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I remember, it's just like, you just, you just be like, what rating have they given them? I'm going to buy it now. Mm. That's why I did that. Like, like, mm. you I fucking, yeah. Cause like, if it wasn't Krang, it was enemy and an enemy even still sucked as well. It was really, huh? Mm. Q magazine, it was like kind of oh, Q, yeah. Oh. No, but Q, Q with Q magazine to me would always like like bring up like an old artist. So it'd be like, oh, I was like, oh, look, it's Eric Clapton, and you'd be like, great. What's he? What's he done? Nothing. But he's in fact, he's but he's here in the studio, and you're like, oh, correct. it's a retrospective. Like, like Hammer. <laughs> Hammer was a magazine, like like Hammer Metal Gods. Like, that was yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was my that magazine. Was that one that was like the posh version of Kerrang. Oh really? Always more expensive. It was always more expensive, but they were pretty. um, The line was definitely firmly drawn. There wouldn't be any My Chemical Romance or anything like that in there. Really? So, so yeah, the death to me, the death to me of the uh, Kerrang, Kerrang, um, like TV station was when they started playing like um, Eminem and like Beastie Boys, and I like Beastie Boys and Mm. Eminem, not so much. But when they started playing rap, like, and I was like, no. Like they did, they, they they honestly would play 
like stuff like that and you'd be like okay hey, um, no. I played them last night they were playing some fucking people last night where we were like this is not Kerrang um, they played like Vampire Weekend and they also played like oh really like, they played Maximo Park and it was just like this that's indie that's indie stuff that's not rock not like gossip can sort of toe the line no, so, yeah, no, no. Yeah, but like to be honest like that's like at two in the morning they can toe the line yeah but, like, yeah yeah, yeah. As if, if it was if it was something heavy like like mosquito or something like that but like there's limited like, stuff, like, you like, know, like, like, like a vampire like, weekend or oxford's oxford's like no oxford comma get me <laughs> fuck like i'm all right <laughs> you, the man is literally talking about punctuation i'm like i'm not i'm good at that <laughs> fuck no thank you what's like, next I for think- um i was gonna say what's next for prom prom outside of the um impeachment impeached world domination <laughs> what you say world domination and slags um yeah. i'm on board We've got like a few things, a couple of things like that. We've got a Dory video that we need to shoot, um, but we need to. We'll, we'll, I'm waiting on someone to come, be able to come to the pump room to come shoot that video with us. Um, mm. I think uh, I was talking to Alice Day. We were saying like how like talk, I was talking about oh I've got like a little road trip idea, which would be good to film because Ali has uh, Ali's getting a CBT this year. Nice. So he can drive motorcycles. Well, my 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 eighteen year old car is still yet to pass its MOT in the next month. I doubt it will. And um, financially, I'm not great at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> getting a motorbike seems like the best option. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But no, I've always wanted a motorbike, and it's just like having anybody who's growing up like um, wanting to ride a motorbike it's just, like your parents or your other half is like you're just gonna kill yourself you're just gonna die and i'm like that's great thanks <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh-huh yeah but you know the, the risks are there regardless if you're on a motorbike or if you're in a car christ yeah. I mean, what's the difference um no, I'm, good, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm always how many videos are you guys putting out a week it's one of it's, just, it's just one now one without, one without fail though yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but I think when I was, because I'm still going into work occasionally for a load still, like, yeah. just to do maintenance. But when we were, when we had that after the second lockdown to the to the third lockdown in December, I was working like five days, no, four days a week, and it was just difficult to do that. And then Chris, you were still like, I think, going into work anyway because it was like sus- substantial meals within pubs. Oh so, yeah, fucking hot. You know, so it was difficult to do three videos a week mm. when you were both working. And to me, it was like I would go home from work, edit, get up in the morning, edit, go to work, go home, edit. And like I just didn't have a life and I was literally struggling big time. So concentrating on one video a week now and just doing the best we can, really. Yeah, do you have like, a, is it out Monday without fail? Yeah, it's out yeah. Monday without fail before noon. Like, um, I think we realized that we need to start putting out instead of like oversaturating people's news feeds and just like coming up with like loads of ideas they'd be like hey like I went to the toilet and like I think we should do this like it's um, we're kind of trying to refine it a lot more and sort of have more of an idea and figure out like sort of like our dynamic because like it's because I'm presenting like Ali needs to be like in the show as well and also presenting mm-hmm. like, and, like we bounce off each other so well yeah. so if it's behind the camera or me behind the camera whatever like Ali put in this week's show like him having like an inner monologue. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just fucking great. Why is this funniest 
going in on your face. You know, why should I always fucking do this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, like, every time we do the show, we learn something new. And like I said, we always just do it for fun. And the best way I describe it to people is like, it's the Wayne's world of cocktails. We're just having a laugh and we're just yeah, having yeah. some fun and we don't care. It's not like, like we've like the brand that we've got coming up with like real cocktail purees is like, kind of not take the piss of it, but we're sort of having a joke with it because mm-hmm. we're not getting paid for it. I think mm-hmm. what they did was they gave us four syrups out of the 1500 that they've got. And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what? Well, we did like we did the video and we took the piss out of them. What was it? Um, Fernet. Uh, so we did Fernet Branca, which is this Italian spirit, and it's like over two hundred something years yeah. old, and it's disgusting. But we still <laughs> did it, and we we said it was disgusting. <laughs> we're like, because we're not getting paid for this. Like we just yeah, do yeah. it. Because why not? It's and better to have like a backlog of videos than it is to be frantically trying to get three out a week i mean i think a few weeks ago i managed to get enough edited enough i think it was a lot of my december interviews i managed to edit and i've got them all all out in a week in in january and i was like you know what i should have done i should have just i should have done one a week but i should have got the episode like the, the chats with raw just do those every tuesday like normal and then maybe put the interviews out on a Friday and then just have a backlog. Because now I've got like uh, four interviews on the backlog, which I've not touched because I'm too busy doing the video for the, the history of Rodin and stuff. But at the same time, though, I'm also like, I'm not trying to do this algorithm. I'm not trying to hit a pace. I'm not trying to, no one, no, barely anyone listen. I've got 22 subscribers and I'm fucking ecstatic over that. However, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> done to a rhythm. But don't worry, like, like, to me, I still don't feel that, like, no matter how many subscribers we have, um, I will still only think there's only about five people watching. That's yeah. all I feel. Like, I don't feel like it's, like, I don't feel like it's anything major. It's just me, Chris, and our friends that are watching these videos. That's all I feel like. And that's all, like, that's, that's why I make the videos. Like, that's why you sort of target it towards is just my friends. So why, just, why worry about the Monday, then? Is well, the Monday, I think it's just, it's just a, if I could, if, if I said to myself, it can come out whenever it's ready, then I wouldn't get it done. <laughs> but like, you see me on a Saturday, Sunday, and I'm frantically like rendering video and editing it and pulling out any hair I have left mm. and just trying to do it. And my husband's like, like, uh, you know, just be like, oh, you just need to relax. I'm just trying to fuck off. Like, I need to do this. <laughs> like, 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 I need to, I need to get this done. And like, you know, you just, it's just, um, yeah, it's a nightmare. It, but, but that, but that, that's the thing. Like, you've got to get used to putting out continuously, um, because like, you never know if you're going to fucking strike gold with it, really. And also, like, we were just like. We just hate wanky bartenders who pretend that they're God's gift with these fucking ingredients. And like, you know, I mean, Ali are like, yeah, we like this. Let's put it in this. Like, fucking tastes great. Fuck you with your shit negronis and your fucking drinks that taste bitter as fuck. We grew yeah? these hops on the roof of the pub that it's been poured out of. All that shit. I'm desperate for the toilet. Heading <laughs> <laughs> off quickly. I'm also going to wee after Ali. That's it. fine. That's successful. I'm going to hold it in. I've been sat cross-legged for uh, long enough yeah. now. I think I can hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> I still got a bit. It just fucking goes through, you know. 
Like, um, I think pump, like you know, we, we really want to want to hit the nails and, and get to a place. Definitely, there is that like little determinate. There is that determination to mm. go and make it a big thing. But I also like you know, I know that Ali's a lot more cautious about about in a way where he's like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like it's going to happen. Like, don't set expectations. I won't be disappointed, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it definitely, it's definitely opened some doors for us. Um, it's interesting, I, isn't it? Because I leave the dive bar. To be honest, like we, we'd like to fucking have our own dive bar and place that'd like, be cool. Be like fucking ride motorcycles and love metal and stuff, but also people who love a really fucking good drink and like shooting there too. I'd love to see your logo hanging on like a, a hanging sign. I know, right? Like it, it'd be like a fucking. It would, it would look great as a hanging. You sign. could actually. You've already got like a pump. You could just spray it. And like make it yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we've got we've got like some fucking we've got some signs as well. We've got like some big wooden signs. Yeah, and like we've always been like, oh, maybe we'll hang a maybe we'll hang one of the signs outside the door of pump room. But um, my parents are like, oh yeah, you're gonna get robbed. So like, don't fucking make, don't fucking show anyone where the bar is. There's a, there's a place in Halifax um, where I grew up called the pump called the pump room. Um, old building. This is the thing about Halifax. It's a beautiful... When I grew up there, I thought it was a shithole, but now that I don't live there anymore, I kind of revere it a bit more because it's an old industrial town. It used to be like the richest town in the world. Everything there is grade two listed buildings. And the pump room, I think, must have been like the one that wasn't. But it's a lovely pub and it got knocked down. And people used to go onto the site and nick all the bricks. And then you just see pictures on Facebook of people making their own home bars out of the bricks from the pump room as like a, like a tribute. But nothing was safe. From that building site. That's crazy, man. Yeah. This building site, and nothing is safe, you know? Like, um, I was, uh, I was walking down the street the other day, and I, like, I, I look at, like, sort of places where it shows that it used to be, like, an old pub, but it's now a really, like, nice little flat or a house. Yeah. There's me thinking, fuck, like, you know, if I ever got the hold of a pub and I managed to turn it inside my house or something, I'd probably keep the fucking bar in it. Hmm. <laughs> mm. But then I think like like I think beer and pub drinking culture is going to change a lot after lockdown. I think I think it's going to change because a lot of people have have missed it and they've missed that community and they've missed that sense of being it together in one. You know, once you bring live music back and once you bring things like that to the pub atmosphere, like one of the things that I enjoyed a lot when I was a student at Dundee University was that you would have um, like a live band. We'd say a live band every week, like every like Tuesday or something like that. But literally, it was just a bunch of people would get together with guitars, like acoustic instruments. It was an Irish bar, mm. so you'd have all the like Irish instruments, a lot of acoustic guitars, a lot of like um, hand drums and stuff like that, and you just you just jam. Mm. And I think you, you're going to get a lot of that back in now, where it's a case of like, bugger it, we're just going to have a lot of fun because we can now. You know, it's like if you if you look at what the Spanish flu was a hundred years ago. And then you had the roaring, like nineteen twenties and stuff. Like that. I think it's going to be it's going to be the same thing. Like a lot of people are going to be like, "I'm going to drink. I'm going to go do. I'm going to go to the gigs. I'm going to do a lot of drugs." People are going to be like, "I'm going to have a lot of sex." There's going to be a lot of promiscuousness. Like, is that a, Trump, that's the word? Yeah, that's the one. And um, you know, I think that's just going to be the case now. It's just that a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, you know what? Bugger it," because I think. Unfortunately, we've been stuck a lot in our homes. Even before lockdown, was a lot of things was like you just watch TV inside, you know, like go you, you know, internet and stuff like that. And you wouldn't go out as much. 
because it was but, kind but of the rug's thingy. been lifted from under you that this much and it has been for nearly a year now all yeah. of a sudden when things go back to normal the stakes will drop I think is what mm-hmm. you're trying to say so all of a sudden the nice thing like I might have to save that 20 quid actually you actually know I'll buy some 10 in the super and then I'll go out <laughs> Oh, the old super. <laughs> no, like I think you would. I think you would. I think you would. Uh, sorry, it's my dog. Um, I think I think you would. Um, like, just be like, you know what, bugger it, because who in our generations has got savings? Really? I mean, mm. who's got the 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 security nowadays? You you realize how much it can go so quickly. So yeah. either you can go two ways. Either you can be like, I'm going to be frugal. And I'm going to save as much as I can. Or I'm just going to live my life because fuck it, you know. Unfortunately, people are already on that second one right mm-hmm. now. When the, when it comes down to masks and mandate, you know, things like that, where they're literally gone. You know what? I don't care about this virus anymore. I'm just going to live my life. And that's unfortunately no. Nah, that's you're a little bit too soon on this one. <laughs> you need to wait a couple of more months or a year before you can start being like all about you <laughs> be it's like an, it's an easy I mean like not to patronize people who think that way is an easy answer to a difficult question and it's mm-hmm. like I mean to patronize them maybe like well it's not about you and it's people don't accept that as an answer you know what I mean so well, I, can, I, I don't want to say that's the right or the wrong thing to do but I'm just saying it's in like for health benefits and stuff like that maybe it's better just to put a mask on <laughs> that's all I'm saying it's, it's not fucking hard to put a fucking mask on no yeah, so some people deserve to do that I'm I'm prettier with a mask on you know than you know but also like people are <laughs> like oh I can't put a mask on because this that and other I'm like cool you've got a fucking face visor on then Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. put a bandana. I, I do the bandana. Yeah, thing. bandana's I great. Bandana I just, well, I just want to pretend to be an outlaw back in, you know, like the other westerns. Yeah, just to be like on a train and stuff like that. But then I've got like lazy eye and stuff like that. They'd be like, "Who are you robbing? I have no idea who you're looking at." <laughs> I'll be like, "It's you over there." <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. You don't know if you're safe. <laughs> Bums against the wall. Alley's here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so like who do, who do we think uh, who do we think wins out the bit man? yeah let's let's talk about that yes um, because it, the problem the problem with this premise is that we gave a very open scoring um, uh, threshold so we just like I think Motorhead Motorhead has some sort of like first of all let's talk about the label I like the simplicity and the, the, there's a sort of purity to the label it's, it's very on brand and it's, it's sort of uncompromising in the way it's delivered in the same way that the band is it, it, it's exactly the same and you could say the same thing about Trooper Trooper is in terms of the label they're a very dynamic and theatrical band and that's demonstrated through the label but it kind of depends on what you like I mean and in terms of taste as I said I, I stick by the previous comments in terms of Trooper is a session beer and if you're that kind of drinker it'll be your cup of tea um, but I think the, the Roku is a slightly is a session beer it's a smashing beer but it's not a smash what, what was the term smashable 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 yeah. um, but to a lesser extent I think um, but how do I allocate points to that let's first of all let's agree let's just do our 10 but let's talk about it first I'm going to write, I'm going to write mine down it's our <laughs> 10 Jesus that's a big mark Christ hmm Well, the trooper, yeah. Um, both, whoever, because we'll all add them up. Oh man, like Smashville as you for me is like fucking. No, the priority. 
Nine, nine out of ten for road crew, and like I'd say like a seven for trooper. Nine out of ten for road crew for you, yeah. Mm. Okay. And then what was it for trooper? Seven. Uh, seven. A polite seven, seven I'm sure. Is it, so how are we doing this? Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm confused now. I thought it was just generally just out of ten for the whole beers, or is it just smashability? Oh no, is your own your scoring systems are your own. Chris's priority, I think, <laughs> sure is smashability. <laughs> I, I feel like my one should just literally be on graphics and illustrations because that's my background, and um, I'm going to say like it's an eight out of ten for like appearance. And general ability for with, with for for Motorhead Road Crew. Really, he's eight out of ten. Definitely, like it's a great beer, and like the design of it is phenomenal. Mm. It's just like black and gold and silver. What do you what <laughs> like? You know, colors of badassness, and it's like it's just a really simple design. It's just lovely. Like in comparison to the Trooper, yeah, it's got Eddie on there. It's got the gra- It's got the um, the font style. You know, Motorhead's got its own font style. This has got its own font style. They are made in one. Unfortunately, to me, it just seems a little bit too tacky. I think that's only because I've seen it in Lidl. And we talked about with, with Trooper was that it's so accessible that you kind of lose that ability there. We were trying to find this Motorhead, weren't we? This road crew. You're completely we absolutely right. <clears throat> we were struggling and I had to order it in. And I got a next day delivery and I was like, this is phenomenal. And I, of course, yeah. They were spent, really good at it. Like, yeah, if I, got straight to us. If I spent a little bit more, I would have got free delivery. I definitely would have. But because you haven't gone down to Lidl or Warsons and bought it, you then enjoy it more because you're like, I fucking just paid a ton for like, you know, not a ton, but you've, I've paid for delivery. I'm going to enjoy this. Mm. But in regards to just general thing, like you, for me, the design of it, the taste of it, I'm going to say that that Road Crew is an 8 out of 10 and Trooper is a 6. It's not bad. It's not amazing. But it, I will go for it. 6 out of 10 for me. I think um, I kind of I agree with everyone on everything because I'm that kind of person. But I mean, as a Maiden fan, I, one thing I really like is seeing like Maiden references make their way into like uh, literally high street shops. That's no prayer for the dying um, front cover, but obviously adapted. But at the same time, as you say, I'm trying to find the appropriate analogy for Trooper. It's the fucking ITV of beers. It's everywhere, and it's it's this accessibility sort of like undermines its um, it undermines it. Oh, what's the fucking phrase? It's special because you, you want a bit to be special. On the other side of it, like more as you say, we had to look for it. And once you look for it and you found it, you find this really well packaged, really kind of uncompromising to um the uncompromising sensibility of the label and the association with the brand makes it feel a lot more special. But when you see Trooper even though I'm a massive main fan, and even though I like seeing No Prayer for the Dying on the high street shelves, it's so accessible that it kind of dilutes that. It just dilutes it. It doesn't feel like it's for metalheads. It feels like it's for the average consumer, which isn't a bad thing at all, but it it makes doesn't make me feel special. But I, I wouldn't... My, my dad's a massive Maiden fan. I wouldn't buy him this beer because it's a great beer. I'd buy this beer because it's a Maiden beer. Mm. that's to me is how I look at it because I don't feel like mm. it's I, I feel like it's just a namesake for it and I love Iron Maiden I absolutely adore the fuck the band you know it's just like but 
this is this is what we're going to look at throughout this series is that you've got brand bands putting themselves out in a beer aspect they're going to lose some of their not integrity but they'll lose some of their sort of thing you know i can't yeah, i can't get words you're out looking for the same word i'm looking for <laughs> authenticity i don't know if that's the word yeah um uh, you know, very, i mean especially with bands people are very special and in a very very personal bond with bands everyone you know nostalgic for it for various different reasons i'm nostalgic for motorhead for different reasons than i'm nostalgic for maiden and so when I seek out that feeling of going to see Motorhead for the first time in 2006 in, in a field in Germany, once I've taken the journey to find this beer, it feels like the payoff. Do you get what I mean? The, the frugality, the, the, <laughs> the, the scarcity makes it more important, I think, is, is, is the thing I'm trying to get at. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Like, when you can't get hold of something, you're going to want it more, aren't you? Exactly. And um, with Trooper, as much as I love it, it's accessibility dilutes the, my special relationship with the band. Um, not in a bad way at all. The thing, but it's worth taking away from this conversation, and I'm sure you all agree, is Maiden are going to make a lot more money from us in this particular retail space over our lifetimes than the Murad, probably, yeah. because we just yeah. we could buy this casually. But I think for the same reasons you guys stipulated and what I've tried to articulate further, I'd say... Road Crew is a solid eight out of ten, and Troopers a seven out of ten. Yeah, similar, similar to me then. Yeah, similar, yeah. Um, it loses out on on that kind of like um, peripheral, meaningful feeling. Well, do, do you remember like when I think you, everyone's had this when they grown up? They've heard the band first, and then they become mainstream, and then you're like, no, 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 no. I knew the band before they were cool. And you yeah. sort of have that aspect of it. And I feel like because Maiden has been shipped out so far and so fast, you then lose it because everyone's like, you have people who don't even know Iron Maiden. They'd be like, yeah, it's a really good beer. And you'd be like, damn, you don't know. You don't know mm-hmm. the band or anything like that. And that's, I think, this thing that sucks. But then when it comes down to the road crew, you're going to have it less. So it kind of like makes it more authentic. I don't know. It's such a It's weird always one. been relatively obscure that you've never had that problem. Yeah. And Maiden doesn't, Trooper does not live in relative obscurity. And there's metalheads that like to reach the fringe to get our sort of our rocks off. It's difficult to align yourself with this as a brand and as a product. Mm. We've gone into the ethics of it. It's smashable, but it also it doesn't quite have the height of the flowery tones of the, of the road crew. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good middle of the road beer. If you're going out and getting smashed, if that's the kind of drink you are, Trooper's probably the one for you. But. I've got to represent the whole spectrum of my, my, my drinking career, which is sometimes I like just having a beer. Sometimes I like to get shit-faced. And I, in, this, in that capacity, I think Roku covers both of those. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I, I could have a road crew, like one road crew, and be like, yeah, this is, this is lovely. But I could have like 10 road crews and like shit in my knickers and like throw up and be like, this is also great. <laughs> Have you ever said shit in your knickers as like an exclamation? Like you found out the fucking taps aren't working. I fucking shit in my knickers. That's a great <laughs> phrase. That's phonetically well, satisfying and I think, I think <laughs> and demonstrates phrase. like oh yeah the severity of it. Yeah, shit in your knickers. Yeah. I think my favorite phrase is uh, it's all shits and giggles until someone giggles and shits. <laughs> that is the best one. I've heard my, you say that a lot. There's a band. Um, there's a band I mixed. Um, 
live and they always they had a bit after a certain song when they go all right fans on facebook and that and say make sure you you tag and share but don't don't shag and tear oh my god that's brilliant we're using that yeah we're stealing that we're stealing that dude put it in the end of your videos i'll tag the guy in it yeah that's amazing yeah <laughs> shit in my nick shit in my nick is the sort of thing you know when you're watching dash cam footage and like someone comes out in front of someone I can feature like watching some dash cam footage and seeing here in the driver go shit in my nick and that's what happened it's like when you have you ever looked at like British dash cam videos in comparison to Americans and it's just like the British, <laughs> the British ones like oh you fucking wanker <laughs> it's not as as, like gripping in America it's like holy shit and you look at America it's just like you fucking (laughs) oh you fucking didn't and it's just like it's like the British thing of like you went you went the wrong way on a roundabout is like the most like absurd thing in the world and you're like oh my god it's just amazing (laughs) it's just so good and what were our scores again Ali what was what was yours for the road crew you used 6 and 8 weren't you uh, yeah it was 8 for the road crew and then um, and then 6 for the uh, trooper uh, lock them in Chris you were 7 for the trooper 9 for the road crew cool uh, road crew wins with a sum of 25 and uh, trooper loses by a mere sum of 20 Congratulations! I will be, I, I will uh, be comparing. I will be comparing other beers to Trooper. Trooper is now my standard. If that makes sense, yeah. Trooper's that nice is like it's not that didn't drop below five. You know what I mean? Like that is a good score. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's not a bad score. It's not like I've gone. This is a horrible beer. It's more like I don't like mm. to put like for for Crest to put Road Crew as nine. I'm like well, I don't know, like because. There's always not. There's always room for improvement, but you cannot be like tens to me don't exist. You know, like like you know, I mean, it has to be phenomenal on all accounts. Well, you think tens don't exist, Chris? Like, I was, I'm an eleven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was being facetious, but is smashability your priority? Is that your priority ca- um, no, characteristic? I, I, love, I love a good beer, and like. I'm never going to like, obviously the design's fucking cool and the bottle shape and all that kind of stuff is everything, but I'm never going to be like, oh, I get notes of like grapes and sadness and shit. Like, fuck off. Like, a beer is a wonderful thing. The reason why a beer is a wonderful thing is if you have a hard day, you crack open a cold beer and you just go, fuck, this is what I needed. Or you go out and you have a nice cold beer, fuck, this is what I needed. It's hot as shit and like you're sweating profusely, but someone gives you a nice cold beer, it's what I needed. And you want to be able to sit there and smash them back. Smashability. So why isn't Trooper higher on your record? Because the fact oh. is that it's cheaper, it's easy accessible, it's there, it's on draft. All I'm I saying prefer, is... I prefer smashing the specs. Like, I just... I no, 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 of course, of course. But there's many factors involved in it. For me, it's all about this, about <laughs> the image and the authenticity of it. To look at these bottles and to be like, yes to this, yes to that. Because that seems true to me. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not having an argument with you. No. I'm just saying there's so many factors on this. So whether whatever whatever we put down, whatever we put down as a collective on these beers, is not the be all and end all, but it's definitely a factor. I also think this bottle looks really cool. It does look cool. It's yeah. the academic foundation. It matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think every, everything does matter. But Chris, as you said earlier, in, in um, 
in the call, what would you rather be surrounded by passed out? Yeah. That's a factor in the same sense as the label's a factor and the, the girth is a factor. It's, it's, <laughs> the presentation is, is very important as well. And then for me, it kind of like, it adopts that, you know how, like, especially in this last decade, like, like an overly minimalistic design style for a lot of like brand aesthetics. This kind of meets the middle ground. It's not pretentious. It, it delivers against the brand which it's representing really easily. Um, and it's metal as fuck. Is, is, that's the main takeaway. That's the sort of like ubiquitous takeaway from that. Whereas Trooper is malleable. It's marketed. It's, it's, um, it's delivered through a corporate mechanism in that sense. And I think that's where it kind of loses it's uh, that okay, I'm going to bring the word back. Is that's where it loses authenticity. I would say that like Trooper is out of the two. Like so, like the Motorhead logo is an iconic fucking logo. Like it's iconic. Like everyone, like, everyone, like the mm. Warpig logo. But like this, this isn't. This is an iconic rock rock band. It's fucking iconic. Yeah, but could, it, could, so could but could the Trooper be done better? Um, if they named it the Pooper, I no. would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I think that if you look at the Trooper, like if you look at Trooper and you look at Eddie, I think it could have been designed better. I think it could have been done in a more, uh, like, like a more badass way. This yeah. seems like the most minimum way. If you look at Motorhead, then yeah, that was done in like, the best way that could possibly be done because that is a hard one you know if you look at if you look at that logo on there it's like it's still crisp and it's clean and then you look at the trooper and you're like eh, that sort of seems like for me if i was working in adobe illustrator it's like oh someone's live traced that that's pretty cheap and nasty done but then the one on motorhead you're like yeah that's pretty clean and crisp so for me it's like could the trooper have been done better yes the the marketing for trooper could have been done better but this is what 2015 uh, it came in 2013. 13, so, I believe. So, yeah, so over seven years old. And you're thinking, it's done pretty well for what it is. It's done this, pretty this thing, well. The, the, when you say they could have done well in the marketing, I, I kind of, I disagree. They couldn't have done well in the marketing, which is why it's where it is. It's, it's fucking it, the marketing. And if we're going to value it against uh, units shipped, this mm. knocks out of the park. This is the one that's oh, definitely the most money. But in terms of our sensibilities, I agree. We could have made it more special. But then what is, but then what is, when it comes down to music and bands, what is it come down to? Is it the loyal fans or is it the masses? I know. What is the priority? That's the, what is the priority on it? Do you need to make money or do you need to show authenticity? It's a difficult situation. Yeah. I don't think either of them really fucking need to make money because they're just such massive bands now. Because like Lemmy's no longer like funding his private Nazi collection. Well, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of members of Iron Maiden. There's a lot of there's a lot of share going out there, isn't there? Mm. <laughs> but but no, of course, it's like it is just money. I mean, like if you know they put like, like you see Motorheads put stuff towards whiskey and what else was it? There's another maybe wine. Got wine like yeah, Kiss so. fucking like Malbec or some shit like that but like Motorhead has like a whiskey they have a wine they have a beer um, I know Rolling Stones is like a wine and they have like a whiskey as well. no Rolling Stones is like Crystal Head Vodka they have a vodka as well I've got a Rolling Stones wine 
Yeah, the, the, really? the biggest the biggest hauls when it's come to booze has been Rolling Stone. Like they are massive, just they're just hauls. It's difficult to attribute value against the intention of a particular beer because while we're saying that Chuprasov is almost done by committee and it's delivered in a way which is um, it kind of loses as I say authenticity at the same time though in terms of the spectrum there could be people who are less privileged than us who can access this in little and it's like well that does a lot more for metal than what Murad does in that situation that situation mm. but and if you if you if you go Black Sheep Ale, Hobgoblin, Spitfire, Trooper. It's a toss-up between Black Sheep and Trooper for me, mm. if that's what you're presenting me yeah. with. Incidentally, this is the, the, the stand. The bar is fucking high here. When when Trooper loses out on this, on this particular running, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is always going to be the, the the first one is always going to be the hardest one, and these these are two bands and two beers which which are which are different but also similar in the same time. Mm. You got a pale ale versus like a, I don't know what premium British is, but a British beer. <laughs> I think that's, that's Brexit terminology before Brexit, isn't it? Really. <laughs> Premium em- British Empire is like, Empire beer. No, but it's like it's like not not so squint teeth. You know, it's like British. You know, it's like you're like yeah, it's all right. You know, it's like yeah. pretty good. But it's just I just feel like is yeah, it's just call it a British beer. There's no premium on it for goodness sake. Really it's all for six oh, pounds. It does it. <laughs> just made it. That's just made it wanky. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's happy. I'm happy. I'm happy about the fact is that Motorhead's through and then Trooper isn't. Yeah, so I, I, I could drink Motorhead in another round, you know? Like, that's yeah. something I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, I've heard Bastard's Lager is fantastic. Where is, okay, is Bastard Lager on the website? Where do we find that one? I don't know. Oh my God, babe, we in that issues in it. I commend you for your relentless accident in that video, by the way. <laughs> the Essex Tart one. It's based off a person, isn't it? There is someone I have based that accent off, and she's like, I love her. She's amazing. I've met her. Yeah. Did you meet her? Yeah, no, you have met her. You absolutely have met her. She's oh, like, we're going to tell you, We're going to have to tell you about this over a beer, but like, she's like Essex through and through. It's insane. Yeah. Promise to come down when I can. You got to honestly, because it's just, it's just. We, we, you, once everything's all back up and running, get you up down in Southampton. So we'll do a day session in the pump room, and we'll go hit some drag up in Southampton. Fuck yeah, yeah, we can have a good time. Shall we wrap it up there then, guys? Are, are you? Is there any more yeah. any more shit you want to shoot? I just want to say, like, like I really, I really hope that you know the, um, everything goes well with the newborn. Yeah, and, totally. and, and and like you do get some sleep, and that like you know, <laughs> Christ, I just I will send you some beers up or whiskey or something up because Christ, like this slept my my friend had a newborn last year and just the sleep deprivation and all that jazz it just sounds phenomenally bad. You only go through it once or twice in your life and then uh, it starts steadying out. But the thing that's all like the material impact it's had recently is that 
I've just, I opted to do the Roadrunner thing and continue the Roadrunner thing because it was picking up momentum. I was getting guests who I originally wouldn't get, so I couldn't justify stopping. Um, but as a result of that, my teeth are now stained yellow for the amount of coffee I drink. <laughs> like, properly. Like, if you saw me now, it's, like, offset against the rest of my pale skin. It's kind of weird. Um, but with... To, to, I'm, I'd say it's honestly and sincerely, as someone who's, like... like Ooh, sort of fading into middle class obscurity and trying to trying to find a bit more meaning in life it's really good challenge to like just fire all pistons which is do the job do the hobby have the kids and also look after yourself those are all the pistons and i think the challenge of doing that is i want to say fulfilling but it's certainly informative and i think it's worthwhile um so i i appreciate your kind thoughts and i also I'm happy to keep shouldering the challenge as it, as it goes forward because it is fun and kids are fun. I feel uh, like my biological imperative to spread my festering seed has been accomplished. Now I have to move on to the next thing. I'm just, I'm just so happy that I chose to be gay. I'm just so, just so happy I chose to be gay. That's, that's, uh... Me too. I'm happy that I chose the route of the, the fish. Just the, the hatred compensates for the for the amount of sleep I have. <laughs> I'm like crazy. No, like like honestly, uh, fair play to you. Like, um, I I would definitely love to be a dad. So I'm sort of slightly jealous, but also not at the same time. Don't mind if you want. Uh, well, actually, if you if uh, I'll, I'll trade you, I'll trade you a four pack of of trooper <laughs> the loser and the loser I'm, I'm, I won't I was going to say something really bad but I'm not going to do it now anyway so I'm like hey I've got to say as well this particular episode was not filled with the homophobia of the previous episode so there'll be a lot less to edit that is <laughs> a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you made a, you made an absolute cracking lesbian joke. I had to I had to cut out. <laughs> I can't what remember. Is that what, what you call a group of lesbians? Don't do it. I don't have to. Edit. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a like a drama of lesbians. No, that's nice. That seems nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. quite nice. That's very that's very Jennifer I Saunders. Never, that. You haven't seen lesbian drama until you've been there. It is oh, no, not I like, no, 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 no. To like pick it up and throw it out of a bar. Really? The, first, the first, the first, the first night I worked, the first night at, at, when I was managing a gay bar, um, I had to um, almost dump tackle a uh, uh, drag queen because a lesbian snatched her wig, and um, when I dump tackled her, the the whole makeup was on my shoulder, so like <laughs> the face, the lips, the eyeshadow. So I had this like imprint of this like tr- of, of of this drag queen on my shoulder from when I like, literally hit her with it. And uh, yeah, like lesbians, lesbians are normally the cause of fights at gay, gay bars. When I used to run the gay bar in Southampton, we used to call it Fish Fridays because they're always out on Fridays. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not as so close to the LBGT community to understand if that's offensive or not. Is it offensive, Chris? Well, you weren't even listening. So it's fine. Uh, yes, absolutely fine. Um. I, Lesbian nights. I used to call. I used to call lesbian nights fish Fridays. They are fish Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny's like if you, if you don't look after a fanny, it smells a bit fishy. Like I'm. I sure. know, and a penis is cheesy. So yeah. Cheese penis. Yeah. There's a fish fondue joke in there. Fish, fish and oh, cheese. Oh yes. Fondue, you sir. 
I think you, know, um, you, you can call a lesbian night fish Friday. It's just like you call like you know a gay night Wiener Wednesdays or some shit like that. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> Wiener. Venus Tuesdays. If I ever came down to do an episode with you guys, which I hope I ever do, it'll be really remarkable because as a cis white uh, heterosexual northern male, I would be the diversity hire. Yeah, but you'd honestly get hit on so many times because the northern accent is like, I don't know, just because of (laughs) Game of Thrones, everyone's like, ooh, you sound like you like gravy. <laughs> They're going to be all over you. When it, there's, there's two ways I introduce myself to Americans, and that's I'm from Old York. If they, if I speak to New York, which I speak to fairly often, it's always I'm all from Old York. Or I'm from Winterfell, because there's no other point of reference. <laughs> most of the time in the States, I get asked if I'm Australian. So, But that was before Game of Thrones, so maybe it's changed now. People think I'm American here, and I don't blame them, so... You've got a strong R game. That's why. R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you you enunciate your, your R is really sort of like casually and strongly. So that's like a very American thing. I think, I think I grew up with too much TV and I went to private school. <laughs> I, went to, I went to a boarding school. So. <laughs> right. We're off. Yeah. Oh, we're off. We're off. Okay, cool. Let's do it. All right. right. Thanks very much. I'll... Um, I'm not Trooper, it's Trooper Losers. I'm sorry, 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 Bruce and Rod and and Steve and and your dad. Um, Congrats, Lemmy, to making it through to the next round. (laughs) Making it through to the semis. All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for um, for speaking to me for another two hours. I know I said let's try and do it for an hour, but I don't think that happens with us. It was really really great to chat to you, mate, honestly. And. Just um, yeah, give us a give us a text whenever, mate. Honestly, we'll do the next one. Good. Yeah. Hey, the next thing we gotta do is figure out the supply lines. Make sure that the, stuff that, okay, the, the fifty quid me and Chris spent is actually gonna get delivered. Okay, man. Fuck, I hope it does. Right. What's the best now? Godspeed. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.